The She Knows It podcast acknowledges the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional custodians of the land we stand on. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. May we walk beside them as we strive for a future filled with cultural understanding, reconciliation and a voice for justice and treaty. Hello listeners and welcome to the She Knows It podcast, brought to you by Genazana Institute and the Sisterhood of St Vincent's Foundation. My name is Anastasia Drake and I'm a Year 12 student at Genazano FCJ College. This is a platform where I'll be talking with women who work at St Vincent's Hospital with hopes to inspire young people and to give insight into the phenomenal work of the women who work in health. I'm delighted to introduce today's Sisterhood star, Helen Fraser, an adjunct associate professor at St. Vincent's Hospital. Welcome, Helen. Thank you very much, Anastasia, and hello to your listeners. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. We are thrilled to hear about you and your exceptional work at St. Vincent's. But to start us off and get to know you a little bit better, we're going to put you in our hot seat, which is where we ask you five rapid fire questions about yourself. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, question number one. Who do you admire the most? Uh, Marie Curie for her pioneering research on radioactivity and, and contribution to cancer treatments. Wow, okay. Question number two. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> A great place to live. <laughs> Home is always the best place, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Number three. What was the first concert you ever attended? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I'm talking about 30 years ago or something now, even more. Um, you know, the very first concert I attended in excess at the Perth Entertainment oh. Centre as a, as a high school student. I loved it. Oh, I love in excess. It's so good. Um, number four, books or movies? Books? Mm-hmm. Any reason? I... I love everything about books. I absolutely love their content, but I also love mm. their physicality. And and I'm talking, mm. I like I like hard copy books, <laughs> yeah. not e-books. And I just find them so immersive. And and if I do see a movie after I've read the book, often the visuals in the movie are quite different from what I had mm. imagined. And I love movies too, but but I've just always loved reading. Very fair. And lastly, number five, what makes you laugh? <laughs> Being tickled makes me laugh. <laughs> well, I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing. We certainly appreciate it. But now let's discuss your position at St Vincent. So can you tell us a little bit about your role? Sure. Um, I'm a radiologist with a, a specialty interest in breast imaging and I'm clinical director at St Vincent's Breast Screen, which is the largest screening service in Victoria. And I'm also the statewide clinical director of Breast Screen Victoria, which is the coordination yeah. unit that actually governs the screening program across the state. Wow, okay. So what would the day in the life of Helen look like for you? Well, you know, a day in my life, you know, unfortunately, it can be really varied, which I think um, I enjoy very much. So, uh, for instance, a typical day I might start out working in the assessment clinic. And in the mm-hmm. assessment clinic we see women that have come back into the, into the hospital with an indication of breast cancer from their screening mammography and they undertake further imaging with digital breast tomosynthesis or breast ultrasound, mm. 
usually a clinical examination and sometimes even a needle test. So that would be something that I often do in a morning, an assessment clinic. Mm -hmm. And then I might have or attend a multidisciplinary meeting. And and this is a a pretty much highlight of my day, something I enjoy very much, where I'm interacting with all disciplines, radiotherapists, oncologists, pathologists, breast surgeons, and we discuss every patient and their diagnosis, their management, their treatment, and and I really enjoy hearing everyone's perspectives and I, I always learn from those multidisciplinary meetings. I may then spend a couple of hours, two to three hours, batch reading mammograms that have been taken and that are coming through the system to, to evaluate whether they're all clear and they can go back to routine rescreen in two years or whether they do need to come into assessment. I've often got some audit-type activities looking at um, statistics and evaluating reader performance um, and things like that. And then oftentimes um, I'll have an update with our researchers around the Transforming Breast Cancer Screening Project. So you can see it's it's really varied, which um, is wonderful, (laughs) very enjoyable. No, it keeps things interesting. It does, it does. (laughs) So within that very diverse and hectic schedule, (laughs) what would you say your favourite aspect of it would be? My favourite aspect would be interacting with the women in the assessment clinic and and being part of their journey during during what can be an incredibly stressful time. Mm, so if sure. I can help in any way, that, that is really important to me. Yeah. All right. So you recently received an award for women in AI. So can you tell us a bit about that? Ah, yes. Um, <laughs> well, I was incredibly honoured to, to receive the award. Um, mm-hmm. It's not something I'm used to, <laughs> um, but, it, but it really is a tremendous recognition of, of the team of people and, and the partners that, mm-hmm. that are contributing to undertaking this work. Mm-hmm. And I'm also hopeful that, that I can use the opportunity to talk to women, talk to girls, you know, have a podcast like this. I think is fantastic to, mm-hmm. to share my story and, you know, mm-hmm. help in any way that I can to perhaps encourage girls and women to study in the STEM area, mm-hmm. pursue careers in, in STEM, because I think that can be incredibly fulfilling and rewarding. Yeah, okay. So now reversing the clock a little, what was the pathway you took to ultimately be in the position that you are today? Oh, wow. Okay, that's a great question, Anastasia. Um, <laughs> when I was growing up, I was always interested in, in nature and science. It, it was a pull for me. And I guess there was one, you know, it might be a signpost moment when I would have been probably six or seven. I don't recommend this to your listeners at all. And I have sort of lived to tell the tale, but um, I remember waiting around, you know, for one of my family members, they must've been having an appointment and and I was skylarking two stories of of stairs running up and down. And, And I think when I got fed up of that, I decided it'd be great to take the banister slide down <laughs> and you can imagine what happened next up the top of the, the two story mm. stairs I actually fell over and went down the other side oh no and that led me to have and, and I was subsequently fine I wasn't I was unhurt okay. but it did me to have a, yes an x-ray of my skull and forearm mm. and and I still to this day remember being absolutely fascinated by the, the human body and the idea that I could hold this image up, up to a light and I could look inside and see my skull and, and see my mm. forearm. And, you know, as it turned out, I ended up doing medicine and, and then radiology. <laughs> That's a great story. I like that one. <laughs> so um, what studies did you do? So in the era that I went to medical school, it was direct entry across the country. 
And yeah. I did my education. I grew up in Perth in Western Australia and, and attended medical school at the University of Western Australia. I went straight from high school into medicine. And then I moved to New South Wales and worked as a, a resident over there in, in Sydney and then undertook my radiology training through the Prince of Wales Hospital and St George Hospital in Sydney. What enabled you to persist when times got tough? Yeah, I, I think that's also, you know, such an important thing to consider because, you know, that there are always times, aren't there, that that actually, you know, things are a little bit tougher than, mm. you know, than than they can be, and you know, I, I think the thing that I've understood that gets me through those peaks or troughs is to understand that that I have some agency in that. There are some yeah. aspects that that I can actually have control over and, and mm-hmm. you know, choose to do the, the things or to increase the opportunities to, to develop in areas that, that really do excite me. Um, so I, th- I think that's what gets me through those, those challenges really. That's really cool. So now can you tell us a time that you're most proud of in your career? Yes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm most proud of making a difference to the lives of women. I, th- I think that you know, that would be something I feel, you know, it's so special for me to be able to make a contribution and improve the health outcomes for women, their families and their friends in, in any way that I really can. So that that is my why and I'm really proud of that. Um, the other thing I'm really proud of as well is a, a more recent um, situation in, in 2020 when we were awarded the the Medical Research Futures Fund grant for the research project that we're doing, transforming breast cancer screening with artificial intelligence. And, and, you know, I still feel really delighted with that and I'm enjoying that opportunity incredibly. So can you tell us a little bit more about that project? So the project is is three years. We're about halfway through. And the aim of the project is to better use mammography with artificial Mm -hmm. intelligence to save lives, to improve the women's experience of screening and yeah. to improve the program efficiency. So that would be the general aim. And, and predominantly at the moment, we're focusing on developing data sets and algorithms and training algorithms to identify features of, of breast cancer on mammography better than the radiologist can. Wow. Okay. That's really interesting. So what do you have to do to work towards that? Um, so a little bit of, of background on that too, just to sort of put it in, in context, is you'd probably be aware of that around about five years ago, that, um, or even less actually, there was a tipping point in this sort of technology where we've had an incredible increase in computing power and the availability of big digital data sets and open source algorithms and cloud computing. And so that's sort of really been a motivator because 20 years ago, we couldn't do this sort of work. Whereas, you know, now we actually can. So that's absolutely exciting. And and just like algorithms can be trained to identify dogs and cats, to identify Mm -hmm. red hexagonal stop signs in the case of autonomous driving, they can also be trained on really high quality data sets to identify those those early features of of cancer and mammography. We've brought together to do this work a multidisciplinary team. So it includes Mm -hmm. clinicians, data engineers, um, epidemiologists, we've got breast surgeons, we've got qualitative researchers and, and bioethicists. So a very broad team. And mm-hmm. my role in it is, is the clinical contribution to articulate where the challenges lie that we, we're hoping that technology, artificial intelligence, deep learning can help us solve. Um, and then I work very closely with the, the data scientists and the AI engineers in terms of the 
clinical curation of our large population data sets, as well as developing the, the algorithms and where, in fact, those algorithms may have the most benefit on the screening journey. And, and it's that mix of people that is wonderful for us, that um, understanding each other's perspectives and science, and that's where I think we're going to have the most impact. Technology is insane these days. <laughs> I can't believe how much it can do. That's, that's incredible. So how do you think that we can further immerse ourselves as women in medicine? And I think that it's really important that as women that, you know, we we tell our stories. You know, yeah. Women are really good at telling their stories amongst each other and great listeners amongst each other and, yeah. and I think very good at advocating for each other. Mm-hmm. So I think now that is the time to actually do that in a broader scale and yeah, okay. I think I'd, I would be really encourage women to have confidence in their abilities to, um, you know, give respect and and demand respect back to to really stretch their brains and, mm-hmm. and you know, have a commitment to being a, a lifelong learner. Mm-hmm. So what qualities do you believe you have that have aided your success? I think always seeking out learning opportunities. Yep. I'm really excited by that. Yeah. Um, I've also always been excited at the intersections of fields, whether it be the life sciences and technology, you know, mm-hmm. I, I really I really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that extension of, of my usual work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, perseverance. Yeah. yeah. The journey has twists and turns <laughs> and more challenging times than others and mm-hmm. yeah, perseverance. Yeah, perseverance. That's always a good trait. So has there been a piece of advice you've received from a mentor that was a light bulb moment for you in your career? Mm. Yeah, that's a really great question. I mean, I think the the advice that I've received mm-hmm. um, would be to maximise every opportunity, you know, always keep an open mm-hmm. mind. So what would your advice for young people interested in a medical career be? I, my advice would be to, to go for it. Um, you know, I'd, I'd be really be, um, you know, sort of excited by the fact that there are many different pathways and, and then... Also, you know, I think in my mind I'd be, be also um, understanding that the journey doesn't stop once you complete mm. a medical degree because there are many different paths and, and job types and areas of specialisation that, mm-hmm. that you can, you know, explore and discover and, and maximise those opportunities. For sure. So looking forward, what are your hopes for the future? I think that, you know, we're a revolution in healthcare and, I, and I'm incredibly hopeful and optimistic that that in my field for instance in breast cancer screening that we'll see significant improvements that have all been leveraged through AI deep learning technology Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. improve the woman's experience of screening and and Mm -hmm. save more lives and and you know I think it's just such a a unique time for opportunities to bring disciplines together and to to collaborate and and work Mm -hmm. at those intersections and and come up with you know, and working in a in a large operational hospital setting where mm-hmm. our research program's going on, I think is is just such an incredible opportunity to to achieve those those desires in the next five to ten years. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the She Knows It podcast. We've thoroughly enjoyed hearing about your life and your field of health. And thank you so much for inspiring young women into a field of medicine. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much for having me, Anastasia, and I wish you and all of your listeners the very best of luck. 
You've been listening to the She Knows It podcast, brought to you by Genazano Institute and the Sisterhood of St. Vincent's Foundation. Thank you for listening.